Welcome to the Experience Matters podcast with your host, Kent Clothier Sr. and your co-host, Kevin Hommel. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next edition of the Experience Matters podcast. I'm your host, Kent Clothier Sr. I have my uh, one of my sons, Chris Clothier, uh, co-hosting with me today. We'll hear from him in just a second. Uh, also wanted to tell you that you can find us today on iTunes, SoundCloud, the Memphis Invest website, and YouTube by searching for Experience Matters Podcast. Uh, again, welcome today. Chris, how you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for uh, letting me join you. So we're going to uh, get into a couple of things that are near and dear to us today, and I'll let you uh, let you kind of start it off here as we get going on this edition. Oh, and by the way, we have over uh, just a couple things real quick. Chris and I will jump back to you. We have over 40,000 people that have reviewed our uh, audio and videos of this podcast, 35-plus episodes, and this one will be up in a day or two. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for following us, and take it away, Chris. Yeah, yeah, 35. Did you say 35 episodes? You're 35 now? 35 maybe 36 something like that all right so i figure and i don't i didn't have the numbers because i didn't look beforehand but i figure that we probably talked about customer service six of those times eight of those times maybe 20 percent of the time we're talking about customer service would you agree it's probably been a big, uh, it's, big been, heavy topic. it's been several of them yes well if it's whether it's a real estate investor or an entrepreneur uh you know because you have you have so many listeners that are both sides of your audience some people are listening because they want to duplicate you know, what, what's been built here and others are wanting to use it, you know, to their advantage, use it as a service that they can invest with. Right. So this is, uh, as I was looking at this, I've been reading, uh, again, I went back and I started reading good to great again by Jim Collins. You know, that's a quick little shout out for that book. If anybody listening hasn't read it, it is, it's almost, uh, a must book if you're going to be an entrepreneur, but you know, daddy got me thinking about, um, and I know this is kind of a, this is a, this is a mouthful, but it got me thinking about the way that we treat customer service. Cause we often tell people, what are we? We're a customer service company that's in the real estate business, right? That's it. So, but it's, you know, and I know that we've talked about it, but I don't, I wanted to give some examples today to people so they can understand that we are, we're fanatical about customer service and it's not, you know, I, I was, I was blown away a little bit because so many people probably think it's when we say customer service and what we talk about, what we're known for is calling a client every month. So that, that high level of communication, but it's so much deeper. I mean, customer service is really, it's absolutely a part of our company. It's a, it's part of the fabric that makes us who we are. Right. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you agree? And it, uh, so I thought, I thought today, dad, you know, we got a 20 minute podcast here. I thought we would, uh, kind of dive in real quickly and give some people um, some real life examples of some things that they maybe not, that they don't think about. Maybe they don't know that this is what we mean. When we say we're fanatical, fanatical isn't just hiring 10 people to work in your customer service department. Although that is, that's a, that's a pretty big department now. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think we have three, five, maybe eight, eight, nine. I think we have about nine people in customer service, eight or nine. Eight or nine, and we have the well. If you include Nate, who runs the department, that's mm-hmm. that's your that's your nine. And then we have on the books already um, number ten to be hired and trained to be up and going in the fall. So, 
Um, and back when we first did that, Dad, your your idea, how, did we have one customer service person or two? Was it one or two that we started off with? I think it was one, and then we added two within a year, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I'll never forget, this is what people aren't going to know. So we used to have our our company-wide meetings and back when we had 17, 18 people that worked for us, we're at, what, 90, well, well, we're over 90 team members today, right? Right. So we would sit down with 17, 18 people, and we would study. We would read a book, uh, something about, whether it be about sales or whether it be about uh, better marketing, whether it be about customer service. And we really focused in three or four times on customer service books. Um, and so when we put that person in customer service, one of the things that that you used to say was you didn't care how long that person spent on the phone with a client. Is that right? Exactly right. And, well, whatever and, it took. And what was the, but what was the thought process of that? I mean, what was the, what were you thinking when you were saying that, that we didn't care? I want them to build a relationship. I want them to build rapport. I want them to build a, uh, a foundational experience with the, uh, at that time, was our, at, at, on that specific, specific thing, the client building that relationship that if we built trust and we build rapport, then these people would continue to buy second, third, fourth, and fifth, all up to 10, 12. And today we have customers as high as 30 properties with us. Yeah. It was all about, that's the, that's the difference. It wasn't about, it was never about, let me call you and tell you just what's happening with your portfolio, but it was what's happening in your life. Let's build a real relationship. We're, we're kind of forcing this relationship because you're an investor and we are managing your investment, but let's make it about more than that. Let's, let's make it real, add some depth to it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, but that was, that was a conscious decision that we had. And so what that became was a customer service department, but because we were, and, and something that we would talk about in our, in our weekly meetings, but because it became, so ingrained and so important to the company as we started focusing on those four key main groups, which were our vendors, our team members, our clients, and our residents, suddenly we found that customer service was way more than just the experience of the client, way more than just calling a client every month. And that was really you know, it came from that commitment to studying. It came from that commitment to, to being different than any other turnkey company out there. I mean, there's not another, there's just not, I mean, this isn't a knock on anyone at all that there's some, there's, I'm sure there's some great turnkey companies out there and we're familiar with almost all of them. Many of them have, have come to us for training and on how to be, you know, better companies, but it, that doesn't mean that the fact that there's not another company like us isn't still a fact. There's just, there's no one that has the commitment to, to this level of, of customer service that we do. And we know that, you know what I mean? And I thought that we would, we would give your listeners two or three more examples. And specifically, I thought we would talk about, um, the audit that we've done. Uh, I thought we would talk about the surveys that we're doing to our clients, but then what, what I know is going to blow the listeners away is the surveys we're doing with the residents. So, I thought, you know, you were you were real big on the audit. I thought I'd let you talk a little bit about what that meant and what it, and we could talk a little bit about what it's meant to our clients. So the reason why we did it, and how that really fits service, you know. So, about six or seven months ago, we started internal audits of our vendors, uh, just going back for a year and checking invoices against 
prices that they gave us. And we've been doing that for six or seven months. And we found thousands and thousands of dollars worth of, uh, of miscalculations or errors or whatever you want to call it. Some that we made and some that our vendors made. And we actually found money that we owed some vendors, which was a good thing. And we actually found money in the audit that we had overcharged our uh, investors inadvertently. And talking about a few hundred bucks here and a few hundred bucks there, and we were able to go back and refund several thousand dollars to our uh, clients, investors, by some mistakes that uh, a vendor might have made in billing or invoicing us. So that was something that we've implemented, and we do that off and on over a period of a year where we'll take a couple of companies and we'll go in and pull all their invoices for a year. Because, look, we paid out over $35 million last year just to vendors right. on move-outs and uh, renovations. And the move-outs uh, and maintenance, of course, is directly reflected to the uh, – the investors and the rehabs and renovations are money that we pay prior to ever selling it. So there was some mistakes in there too on some money. Then there was also some stuff that we found where uh, we owed the vendors back. So that was, that was a good, good, good thing for us. And it's continues, continues to be ongoing. So again, to be clear, we put somebody uh, in our company whose sole job for well, whatever it was, six months every day was uh, what do you, what, Invoice auditing. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were taking every invoice and auditing. And the, and the reason why it's so important for everybody out there listening is that when you talk about transparency for a company to sit here and you just said it there, dad, there was, you know, I, I think it was roughly $35,000 in errors one way or the other that we found through those invoices. When you're talking about, um, almost $40 million in paid out, um, dollars in invoices from our, our, um, vendors, so that's one tenth of one percent had an issue, and but it's not something to hide from. It's not something to hide from to say that, that some of our clients had, you know, uh, either overbilling issues or they were billed twice or whatever it ends up being. The fact of the matter is, we're so radical about the commitment to customer service that you. I mean, you're the one who did this. You you came to us and said, you know what, I want to do. I want to do something we've never done before. Let's audit every invoice. I just want to check, and it, that comes from. You know, the, the name of the podcast, Experience Matters, um, how long, and I think you've already said this to your listeners at least once, how many years in business have you been? How many, what is this, your 52nd year in? 52nd, 51st, 52nd year, yes, in business, yep. And over 40, if I'm not mistaken, 40, how many of those years have been as an entrepreneur? Since 1983, that would be uh, 17 and 18, 35 years. Yeah, so 35 years as an entrepreneur. It takes 35 years as an entrepreneur to know that checking invoices is part of customer service. Checking, going back, and and there was no necessary reason to audit. We didn't find anything crazy. I know you were looking for crazy. You were thinking that it might be, you know, six figures, and you were certainly expecting that that may be the, you know, what to expect when you're doing 40 million. We came up with whatever the number ended up being 35,000. Some of it, like you said, some of it we were owed, some of it we owed vendors and some of it was owed back to clients. But you know, that's just a, that's a, that's a big thing and very transparent thing to talk about. The fact that when you're a big company and you want to be radically committed to providing great service, you do those things, right? That's why I, I thought it was uh, no one 
certainly no one listening to this podcast and no one outside of our company even knows that we had somebody full-time doing that for months. Our vendors did. And uh, you know, what was really interesting, Dad, is that some of our vendors were appreciative of it. They thought it was really big, kind of kind of keeps them, helps them improve their process. Yeah, and a couple of them didn't like it, though. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, but it was kind of caught some of them off. You know, we've been doing business with a lot of our vendors for over 10 or 12 years, and we came along. We let them know in, in advance that we were auditing one year of invoices going back, and uh, the person that did it did a thorough job of it. And, uh, again, in some cases, uh, we owed the vendors money. So. Well, what's interesting is some of those vendors that didn't like it, they thought they were being questioned. And what was really, what I thought ended up being really good about it in the end is that those, those vendors who weren't happy about it ended up being the ones that had no issues. That, I mean, they, they were on top of their stuff. They, they had their processes buttoned up pretty tight. Yep. So, uh, well, let's, I want to talk about two other things then, Dad. You know, because that's, that's one example for your listeners of, you know, a, a radical, fanatical uh, commitment to customer service. Something else that we started doing that I think has really, really revolutionized the way we operate as a company was that survey we started doing to our clients. Uh, and we do the survey after closing, and the survey is very particular about the process they went through. So the, for those listeners who have never bought a house from us or, or kind of understand what this means, when an investor buys a property from us, it doesn't matter if it's their first one or their 30th one, we survey them on their experience. We want to know, was the house, you know, did they feel like they, the, the communication was good? Was the house specifically picked for them? Uh, did they have any issues with the, the timing? How was their uh, communication and performance of the lender, if there was one involved? The um, closing attorney, the notary. We want to know how the insurance went. We want to know their entire process. And it hasn't always been perfect. That's been the thing. We've, we're striving that we can get graded on a one to 10 scale. And, you know, we ask what we think is two very important questions. One, we want to know that we've earned the right to continue doing business with that investor and help them continue building their portfolio. We also want to know that we've earned the right for them to, the confidence for them to be able to tell others about our company, right? That's exactly right. And so... I mean, talk a little bit about why you wanted to do that, and then let's talk a little bit about what happens when it's not perfect. Well, let's take let's take the first one. We do a survey every time a client closes on a purchase from us, and they buy the house and they close on it. And like Chris says, there's a lot of questions that we ask on the survey because not only do we expect to have a high level of excellence, we expect our closing attorney. Yes. We expo- expect the uh, the home inspector, we expect the, uh, the notary maybe that comes with their resident, we expect the insurance relation. So we're looking for how the, the complete experience went on the closing. And then we send them a digital and a, uh, I believe an email uh, survey for them to fill out and send back to us. And then those are brought in here into our executive meetings where we review every single one of them through the clothier family. And what we're looking for is things that we can do better. We know we're not perfect. We know that every part of our processes with 90 people working for us, sometimes people make mistakes and everybody is human. But we want to bring out these mistakes. And as Nick Saban says, we want to learn from a failure. And not that it was a complete failure, but it was a mistake or some type of 
failure in our system to where we didn't get a perfect 10 on the survey. And those of you that have heard me talk over the years, I'm looking and chasing excellence all the time in all parts of our operation. So we want to figure out what we always can do better, even though we have 5,000 houses that we have now purchased in the first 15 years. And what can we do to make the experience better for our investors on that particular survey? On the survey that we do for our residents, which we started with it, we started this year, is that when a resident closes a house that they have rented from us, they get the same type of survey. And we want to know how their experience was. We want to know how their house looked when they rented it, what they liked, what they didn't like, what we could do better, how was the, the uh, rental representative with them, how did that go? How did their online closing go? How did their uh, mm -hmm. the house look when they moved in? Was it clean? Was it fresh? And so on and so forth. So we have this survey, and they've come back, and they've been pretty good overall, but every once in a while we'll find a survey that, if it's not a 10 or a 9, I believe today, is that our property manager, Nate, or Ryan in Dallas, we're going to the house to meet with the resident. And we may take them a, a gift card or some flowers or whatever to go out there and find out exactly what we could have done better on this house and this experience. Because we know that if the resident has a good experience, they're not going to, they're, they're going to renew their lease with us. If we treat them right, we do the right thing, we service them, we handle their maintenance calls, we show them that we're genuinely interested in their well-being at the property and we're doing the right things, they're going to stay with us. And we've seen that. And that, in the end, is a good thing for our investor. It continues to accelerate his or her return. It continues to be a level of excellence that they're going to tell other people about, the investor. And even the resident is going to tell other people that they may know that wants to rent a house about the experience that they had with us. Yeah, I want to make – I, I just I don't want to run through that too quick because you jumped straight to that second survey, which is great. I want people to understand really kind of what that means. We're on pace. We know through seven months this year that if we, if we maintain what we've been doing, we're on pace to have a record low number of move outs in a year for our company. And we're managing 800 houses this year on average more than we did last year. And we're going to have fewer actual move outs not just by a percentage but by the number you know what i mean that's and that's a good thing again yeah. for our owners that's not by accident that doesn't just you cannot just make that happen that happens because you are fanatical about the experience of every single every single uh element of your company the this is a resident as you just said dad that if you make their experience right they're not going anywhere they will pay more for our houses in the same neighborhoods as other investment companies because of the experience they have with us. They'll stay longer. They will not be transient. They won't be late. They won't um, miss out at the, at the percentage that they will with other companies because of the experience they're having. You know what I mean? That's exactly right. And it's, it's uh, you know, we talk about these things and sometimes we talk about it in a very generic way. I wanted people to hear this today because... You know, we, we know 
that, and not to talk about, I'm not going to mention any names, but I'm going to say it just for a second here that we know how difficult this is to manage 5,000 properties. We've got, what, 36, 3,700 in Memphis at this point? Uh, uh, a little, or maybe a little, a little less. less than, yep. A little less than that. 33, 3,400. And, it, you know, we, we chuckle to ourselves. There's another company here in Memphis that manages, uh, they advertise, they, they manage about 16 to 1,700 homes. And they, they uh, for whatever reason, have kind of tried to mimic a lot of the marketing, a lot of the, the talking points that we have. And they talk about how they have a 2% vacancy rate. And they talk about their average length of occupants and all these different things. And we, so we know on the streets that what we see and what they say aren't the same thing, especially on their, when their website has 171 properties available and they're managing 1600. That's, that sounds like an 11% vacancy rate to me, not a 2%, but it's, you know, you, some people have to say it. They just have to, they have to say what they think they have to say to attract attention. And what I wanted your listeners to hear is that there is, Behind the scenes, the what actually happens to make this work is so incredible. And it's not, as you'll often tell people that, you and I, we don't do anything as far as customer service goes, as far as the, the way it's delivered to our clients or the way it's delivered to our residents. All we do, all you've done from the head table is set the tone. This matters. The, the experience, every single person from the vendor to the client, to the resident, to our team, the experience they have matters. And when you are fanatical about the way you deliver that experience, that is the ultimate, ultimate definition of customer service to me. So, Well, and just to bear down a little bit harder on it because I am so fanatic about it, when we have our 1 o'clock meeting every day and our yeah. property management, Nate is in here and Ryan is on the call, and we've had a – let's say that we've had a survey that came back that was not a eight, nine or 10. Right. And two or three months ago, they told me that we're working on it. We're going to do, I don't want to hear that. Right. Okay. If we have a survey that came in this morning and a customer, let's say graded us a seven, I want to be at that house within the hour. Yeah. I want the property manager, the pro, excuse me, the project, the project manager. manager. Yeah and Nate and the rental agent all at that house within one hour to meet with that resident to make that situation right. See, and one, one second, I, and I don't care about that you're working on it. And now we're seeing that our guys come in here, we've already been to the house this morning. We had one uh, last week where they went to the house and met the, met the lady at 11 o'clock and she was shocked when they bought her a gift card and some flowers, but show us what you were talking about because we don't want you to have a bad experience. Yeah, That's there's, how fanatic. there's a lot of stories, Dad, that through the years that you've that have been told about you, you know, you've you kind of I don't know how they've all started. There a lot of stories about about you out there about the way you I think there was there's one about uh, we have a video of you kind of throwing some trash across the street when no trash in front of the house and you were upset with it being on the curb. There's we'll add one more to the story, which was and this happened, as you said, just a couple months ago when they walked in and said they were going to handle it and you literally sent everyone out of the meeting you're leaving now and you're going to the house right now to meet with that resident apologize for our failure to be excellent uh and now this week we had an example where someone it, it wasn't it wasn't that bad but it wasn't perfect and before we even knew about it as you said our team our senior team members had been there 
They delivered flowers to the to the uh, young lady that rented the house from us. I think they brought her cookies, and they, you know, just for everybody on the on the call, that doesn't fix the problem. We fixed the issue that she had, and this was our effort to show her that hey, we care about your experience. This is our apology. We brought our team. This is fixed. That's fixed. We will do better going forward. It's just, and that the the truth of it is, is that resident will not move out of that house. If unless they are forced to by some circumstance of life, or maybe maybe it's they they can buy their own home or something like that. But as long as they are renting, they will rent from us because of that kind of service. The other part of that is that part one is going and meeting with the resident and showing you care. Right. Part two, after we've taken care of that, is why did this happen? Yeah. And to me, that's just important as part one. So we had a situation where it wasn't perfect. And we missed this, or we didn't this, or that wasn't done. Whatever they were, minor things. Why did that happen? How do we improve it? How do we get to excellent? How do we prevent it from happening again? And you get the, the two or three people, that, and you take them there, and you let them see it. And realizing that this is going to come right at the highest levels of our company with the clothiers, we're going to be involved in every one of these surveys. Right. Because this is not who we are. We're striving for excellence. We want our residents, our employees, our vendors, and our owners to have a great experience with us. And when any of those four people, four groups of people don't, then we're going to be all over it. We're going to, we're going to be all in it. And uh, because we know when we make all four groups of those people happy and we do the right thing and we treat people the way we want to be treated, then we're going to build a really good business. And when you get off of that, you got to go fix it quickly. Yeah, I'll, I'll tack this onto what you said right there. And I think that we're probably getting towards the end here. The, the great, the, or the thing about what, that I really take away from what you just said, dad, is that I, I do believe having read this book so many times that we have created a good company that has become great. And now with all the things that you're talking about and the way that we're watching our team perform and learn, it's becoming great to enduring. This is something that, that will be here can be here for a very, very long time because it's no, it's, it's not good enough anymore to just be a great company. Now you want to be a company that can endure, it can last. Well, in all the markets we're in, and we have competitors, and we have really, really good competitors. Sure. But to me, with all due respect to them, the only competitors we have is ourselves, and that's performing at the highest level, whether it's our investors that we're talking about on this podcast or our residents that we're talking about. We have to make their experience better than anybody. And now it goes back several years ago when people, when we were at an event, people said, do they really do all that stuff? Is that really, they really do all of that? Come on in and see what we do. We have had four or five visitors this week, and I'll tell anybody listening to our podcast, all you have to do is contact us. You want to come in and do a tour of our offices in Memphis or Dallas and see what we do. This is exactly how we run a business. Yep. This is exactly how you build a business. We're a $100 million company today on schedule after the first seven months of this year to do over $120 million. And uh, this is how you scale a business. You take care of the details. You keep everything focused. You stay involved. You don't disengage. You engage with all the people, all the moving parts of your company, especially customer service, and you can build a phenomenal business. Excellent. Well, thanks for having me on here, man. This was uh, – I enjoyed – 
I wanted to enjoy digging deeper on this one, man. So that was, that was good, I think. Well, appreciate you being on here. Again, thank you, for everybody, for listening to the Experience Matters, Matters podcast today. And, again, we want to remind you again that you can uh, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, the Memphis Invest website, and YouTube. Hey, this is going to start being published on our Bigger Pockets blog. We have a blog on Bigger Pockets, the Memphis Invest blog, and I'm going to these these podcasts are now going to start being published there as well. So, so the last few podcasts I've uh, plugged your book. You want to talk about it there? You want to give a little book plug here? Uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, the Turnkey Revolution it published back in May. I think it's sold uh, about six thousand copies now in the first eight weeks. It's uh, or however long it's been. Maybe it's been nine weeks out now. It's um, yeah. It's not a look for anybody out there listening. This it's not just a plug for Memphis Invest. It talks about what makes Memphis Invest great. It talks about um, how a an investor out there can passively build a portfolio using a proven method for determining if the turnkey company or the, the property of the city itself is a good investment. That's it. So uh, anybody that's that's looking to learn a little bit more about turnkey or wants to learn how to uh, do it successfully, Pick up a copy of The Turnkey Revolution. It's online at Amazon.com. It's on our website uh, if you want a signed copy. And uh, it's also on Barnes & Noble, I think. So, yeah. Very good. So grab you a copy of that. And, again, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Have a uh, great day. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Experience Matters. You can listen and subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Be sure to visit us at MemphisInvest.com.